Welcome back to a, another episode of Argue with the Wall. I took a little week off because I was in Florida. If you are watching, you can tell that I'm just so sun-kissed by the Florida sun. And if you're not watching, I will let you know that it, that is sarcasm because I'm not. And you might be thinking, well, Lily, you look a little tan. Yeah, because it's fake. <clears throat> I went to Florida, came back, and fake tanned. So, that's where I'm at right now. I The only thing I gained was, like, a little bit of uh, body dysmorphia and freckles. So, thank God for beach vacations. <laughs> Just kidding. I had a good time. I got to spend a lot of time with my friends. Um, more specifically, I got to spend seven days with them. Uh, and I spent one day without them, like a, a day and a half without them, and I needed to see them immediately. I had separation anxiety from my friends. So that says a lot about me and how I am in relationships, I'd say. What, what are we talking about today? What do you, what do you guys want to talk about today? Hmm? I'll let you answer. Yeah? Is that what, is that what you want to talk about? Okay, we can talk about that. Um, that's fine. Yeah, go ahead. You can start. <laughs> I wish someone was here right now. All my friends are still in fucking school. And they're a little busy doing work and getting a degree. Whatever. So, I have a couple, uh, I got a couple ideas about what I can do today in terms of topics. Um, today's going to be one of those where it's just, you know, me blabbing. So if you don't like those ones, then just, I don't know, wait till next week for something more specific. But as of right now, you're getting just a couple of bullet points that are very not related at all. So, woohoo! <laughs> so, um... Today's March 20th. It's about, March is almost over. And every March, since I can remember, we've had March Madness. And if you looked me in the eyes and said, please explain March Madness, um, I'm going to not really have much of an answer. Because here's the thing. I know we've been, basketball season's been happening. Is it like the playoffs? Basically? I know, okay, now you're like, Lily, what do you mean you don't, okay, let me explain. Because I've made a bracket before. I have successfully made a bracket, let me say, last year, because it's all always around the same time, Last this time last year I was on my other spring break, um, and it, uh, we, me and my friends, you know, kind of like jokingly made a bracket, no money was involved, it was kind of just for shits and gigs. Um, giggles and shits, if you will. And I, correct me if I'm wrong, my friends, but I'm pretty sure I got like, I didn't, I don't think I won, but I think I was pretty fucking close in, in our group of friends and it was exhilarating. So I get it. Now where I, where you lose me is when you start to get money involved, because I feel like it's, it's just all a game of luck. Like, they're fun to do, and 
it's it's fun to see like it's it's fun to see where your friends are and in the group I don't even know in the tournament I don't fucking know what it's called <laughs> like I'm the last person that has any qualifications to explain anything um about anything basically uh and it's fun to see like where everything's going and your placement and then you kind of have these like little you know uh if you lose you have to do this like betting and things like that like it should just be it should be all fun and games but then people just take it a little too far and they're like betting a shit ton of money i'm like do you know what you're getting yourself into because here's the thing you're you're putting a lot of faith into some men some 20 something year old men and I feel like people are they're like oh yeah I have a pretty good idea I've been watching all season you know they're they've been doing really well what if they have a bad day that day and then it fucks everything up and then boom $500 down the drain like I just I just can't justify that. However, I guess if you have the funds, you can. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure I was on Instagram recently and I saw Drake posted something and it was like him betting like $500,000. Oh, I think that that was not for March Madness. I don't think that was for the the fight between like Jake Paul and someone else. I'm not going to say what the organization is because I have, I know it starts with a U. Now I just don't know what order it goes in. I think I'm going to say it. It's either UCF or UFC. I think UFC sounds better. So I'm going to Google it. <laughs> okay, perfect. It's UFC. Whenever I said UCF out loud, that just sounded like UNICEF, which is like a global nonprofit humanitarian thing so UFC sounds better but yeah I remember seeing Drake like betting a million dollars on this fight and I'm like is this what is this what we're doing is this really where we're at in society where we are betting a million dollars on a fight and your answer is probably gonna be yes because that's what we're doing so I hope I get to a point where it's like you know, I have the funds to bet a sh- just an absurd amount of money um, in terms of luck. Just, like, tossing it around. Like, does all of this money go to something good? Does this money, like, it, or is it just going into the, the fighters' pockets? Like, I would understand if Drake was like, I'm betting $500,000 on blank. And then, like, 50% of that, of the proceeds is going to, like some kind of humanitarian it's going to unicef it's going to some like nonprofit to help the homeless to help homeless children something good but i don't think so you want to know what today we're going to do a little bit of googling where i wish i hate hang on oh fuck when betting on a fight (laughs) where does the money go perfect okay mma or boxing matches called no contest are handled like a draw in which the betting line does not include draw as a wagering option did not understand that entire sentence in simpler terms you'll generally get your money back if the fight you bet on 
is called no contest. Okay, so, but what if DraftKings, I've been seeing a lot of fucking advertisements for that. How does MMA, no, I I don't want, well, fuck, what's the difference between MMA and UFC? Fuck, I didn't know there was a difference. Is there a difference? Oh, shit. Just like any other sport, betting on the money line is betting on who will win the fight. Okay, yeah, I got that. For example, if the money line has McGregor at plus 150 and some name I'm not going to try and pronounce at negative 170, blank is favored to win and you would need to bet 170 just to win 100. So it's like, wait, but where's the $100 going? What the fuck? You want to know what? Trying to understand how MMA betting works, um, I give men a lot more credit. And I'm only ever going to say that one time. I do because this shit, I don't understand it. I'm, I'm giving them a little bit more credit than they deserve. But I'm going to say it. Um, I don't understand this. Probably because I'm a woman. I don't know. But... And probably because I don't really want to learn that much. But just simply by reading that, um, I think we as a society need to give betters a little bit more of a, a little bit more um, credit. Because I don't fucking understand anything that's going on there. But then, again, at the end of the day, <laughs> um, just don't bet. Why are you betting your money? Why would you want to risk losing money? Hmm? Okay, so what happens if you bet on a UFC fight and it's a draw? All bets will be voided and stakes return. Okay, so then you get your money back. But so what's Drake doing? Like, he bets $500,000 on this person in a fight, but that person loses. Where the fuck does the money go? I need DraftKings to answer me right now because I don't understand. How does betting work? Like, is this episode just going to be me trying to understand how betting works on UFC fights? UFC. Oh, my God. I keep thinking that I'm not going to get that. Betting on rounds or groups of rounds. What the fuck's a round? Is for a fighter to win by KO, TKO, or disqualification during that round or group of rounds. Oh, okay. I see what that means now. In the event of a technical decision before the fight, all bets will be settled. So, but where does the money go? Does it go to, like, if the player you bet on doesn't win, does that money come back to you or does it go to the player who won? Because, like, why would you want your money to go to the other player? But, like, that's, is that just what you're risking? When betting on a fight where, this is like, this is like trying to understand fucking, uh bitcoin and what's the other shit where it's like artwork that you only can own it's like one of a kind i don't know i can't fuck i'm my brain is going bananas right now how to bet i don't want to know how to bet but i want to know the outcome you know i want to i want to know where where it's going Here's the thing. Do boxers get money from bets? 
Yes. Fighter A would be the favorite. Whatever the amount of your bet, it is going to yield a profit that is four times less. Oh, <laughs> okay. So a $100 bet will profit, will bring a profit of $25. Fighter B is the underdog. And in this case, you will get a return that is proportionately greater than the money you are risking. I think I understand. However, I don't. Okay, wait. Does that mean I get the, I would get the profit of $25 or the boxer would? You want to know what? We're going to move on. <laughs> there's no there's no reason for me to be trying to understand boxing at 11:30 in the morning on a Monday. So, we're just going to we're going to take what we learned, which is very very little, and we're going to move on. We're going to move past it. So, back to March Madness. God, somehow really off track but I think it's very interesting to see how passionate people get about March Madness it's like this little this little game it's like uh it's not like Monopoly but it is like a board game except people are using real fucking money on on bets that's like another thing I'll never understand gambling and I know like gambling can be a serious like illness like people gamble their fucking homes away I know that but maybe I'd bet like five dollars here's the thing in most situations I try to understand it from their point of view so I'm gonna try and think like okay would it be similar to like if we started placing bets on contestants in RuPaul Drag Race would it be similar to that where it's like you know we're going to try and bet on who's going to win what competition. But again, but like, how do people care that much about it to bet real money? I just think that I need to come to terms with, I'm just not going to understand it ever. So, and is March Madness and gambling the same thing? What about fantasy football? I'd argue yes. Is that my place to say? No. But am I going to say it anyways? Absolutely. Um, Like I mentioned earlier, I went on a little trip. I won't call it spring break because I'm not in college anymore, but all my friends are. So I just joined in right. I just hopped right in uh, and I went on their spring break with them. And that was lovely because it it felt freeing and also incredibly necessary because my seasonal depression was getting pretty bad. Um, Did it cure it? No. Was it a temporary fix? Slightly. Uh, The sun was great. I didn't get too burnt, um, which is a shocker uh, because there would there have been times where I've been on the brink of third degree burns. So, thank God. But whenever I was on spring break, it got me thinking. Because me and my friends were talking about this, you know, every once in a while. Um, Well, let me preface by saying we went to an area in Florida um, where it's not, you know, it's not Fort Lauderdale. It's not Miami. It's not where there's, like, 
where everyone's going for spring break. We went to a place where the majority of the population is above the age of 65. And I loved it. I love just not having to worry about like seeing hot men look at me with disgust or comparing myself to like supermodels on the beach. It was awesome, actually. Uh, And it was so quiet and peaceful and so lovely and refreshing. And I don't understand how people go to those busy, crazy places and like not need a vacation from that vacation. That's just like, it seems exhausting. People go to Cancun and, and Punta Conta and they're just like parting it up, which, you know, if you have that kind of stamina and that kind of social battery, kudos to you. But that is not me. I can't do that. I can't do that every day. It's just not, I'm just not built like that. I, they are just, those kind of people are just built different and that's fine. But it got me thinking. The difference between spring break for men and women. Because, and I know people will go on spring break with, you know, girls and guys. But I feel like most people typically spring break is kind of for your, for the girlies or for the guys. Um, typically, I I'd argue, generally. And because here's the thing. Women, we're just so pure. We're just like, you know, trying to hype each other up, take photos of each other. Um, just be just, you know, advocating for each other if you have good friends. Now, if you have shitty friends and they're all just like trying to pit everyone's just trying to like bully you and pit you against each other and shit like that that's a different story but I like to you know believe most people probably have good friends at this age now middle school different story but for example whenever I was on vacation last week um we were just doing just such little cute things because we would like wake each other up or like when we're getting ready um it would be like that we would come out of our rooms and hype each other up and compliment each other and it was just it was it was great things and like one day we uh went to the grocery store and got a bunch of stuff to make a really cute um little brunch platter it was like a charcuterie board but brunch food and like you know some of us made it for each other and like the other ones just like cleaned it was just it was very gentle and very pure um and it got me thinking, like, men are, I don't think men are, like, making each other these cute breakfasts. They're having a Four Locos and a Zin for breakfast. And then for dinner, they're having, like, four beers, chicken nuggets and fries, and, like, an elf bar. And calling it a day. Like, calling that a meal. And in between, breakfast and dinner is just an overconsumption of bush light (laughs) and which to each their own but like just the stark difference between those two experiences is borderline fascinating because I just can't imagine like having that be a vacation that feels like a chore does it not? Like we're taking pictures for each other and hyping each other up and like um, just doing these like just innocently dancing when we go out and like and don't get me wrong we're drinking too and 
not me, but, you know, other people are, you know, hitting their little elf bars or whatever the fuck kids do these days. I don't know. But I just, and I mean, I'm going to, this is just a very stereotypical thing too. But from what I've seen in my age group, that's pretty much like the two things. It's either people, like the girls are just you know, doing these cute things, getting dressed up and taking pictures of each other and with each other and like, oh my God, he looks so good. And, you know, just empowering women. And then guys are like, yeah, I'm just, oh yeah, you see that girl's tits on the beach earlier? Just bouncing around. Just drinking, oh, just, like just burp. That was a fake burp, by the way. But like, (laughs) I mean, come on, they're just... There's just no way that that's actually, I oh God, to be a fly on the wall, to be a fly on the wall in a house that a group of boys are renting in Fort Lauderdale, just to see, just for, just for a couple minutes. I don't want to be that fly forever because I would probably arguably die of like, the smell that rots in there. And I think that it would just be interesting. It's interesting to, you know, picture what it would be like. And I think that it's a beautiful thing. Another thing that I, we kind of discussed that, uh, besides men and women's experience during spring break, um, is that Okay, there's this little, it's called a lanai um, in the neighborhood we stayed in. And it's basically like a man-made little lake um, in the backyards of everyone's houses. And it's just like runs through the whole neighborhood. And there's gators in there and turtles and probably fish and whatnot. Um, And we were thinking like, what? What would we do if, say, a gator was trying to hurt our dog? What are we doing in that scenario? And I felt this was a important question to discuss today. Because I also want you guys to think about it too. What would you do if there was an alligator, like, either coming at you or hurting your friend... Or hurting your dog or something and you needed to save it. Furthermore, would you save them? Like, do you, would you feel heroic enough to try and get in there and like smack the shit out of a gator? And I think there's a lot of factors that go into it. So let's discuss them. First of all, if I'm sober and there is a alligator trying to attack my dog, that scenario is going to be 50 times different than if I have had five drinks in my system. Because if I'm sober, my immediate fight or flight's going to kick in. And I'm not going to be that confident. I'm going to be more scared than I am like confident. Now, if I have had a couple of shots and a couple of drinks in my system and I have to fight an alligator, I'm going in head first and giving it my all. I feel like I would be more confident and more likely to maybe kick some ass 
than I would than if I were sober because I feel like I would be a little bit more hesitant and like my anxiety would kind of kick in a bit more. Obviously, I'm about to fight an alligator, but like if I because here's the thing, it happens. Like stuff like that happens. There have been stories of people who have died trying to save their dog from an alligator or their kids or whatever it may be or themselves. And it's not so it's not like this impossible scenario. It can actually happen. So I want you guys to ask yourselves, what would you do if an alligator was going after your dog? Because here's the thing, my dog is like my child. So I feel like my parental instincts would kind of also kick in. But ideally, I would need to be like pretty buzzed to successfully do that. Also, it depends on uh if it, it depends on a magnitude of things. Um also what kind of weapons I have around me. Um how like can I stab an alligator? Can I throw like a butcher knife at it and like that'll do the trick? Or do I need to like punch it in the face? Like I don't know, no one ever teaches you how to defend yourself from an alligator. Now, another question just popped into my noggin. The difference between an alligator and a crocodile and which is scarier. So let's Google that as well. Um, now, how do I spell alligator? No idea. Alligator. Oh, okay. I was close. Versus crocodile. Okay. So they're extremely similar, but just by this one picture, I can assure you that a crocodile is fucking way more terrifying. Yeah, they're just like a little scalier. Their teeth are a little scarier as well. Um, believe it or not, the difference in shape means that alligators can exert more strength from their mouth, which is useful in cracking hard to open, open hard shelled vertebrae like turtles. <gasps> so you're telling me the little turtles in the lanai that I saw are the food for our alligators? Wow, that's... Now, I've had my fair share of seeing people try and fight a crocodile in Australia because those people are just... They're doing things that... They're doing the Lord's work. They're fighting things. They're having boxing matches. They're having UFC fights with kangaroos. And I need to know which is more powerful. So, let's find out. An alligator's bite weighs in about 2,500 PSI, whatever the fuck that means. That is nothing compared to a crocodile, though, which has a bite force of about 3,700 PSI, higher than some industrial pressure washers. <laughs> Wait. Crocodiles have the strongest jaws in the animal kingdom. So if you're fighting... Oh, wait. Oh. So if you're fighting a croc, a croc A, good luck. So yeah, I feel a little bit more confident now that if I could fight an alligator, I'm feeling a little bit more confident about that. Now, I hate to say it, but if my friend or my dog is getting attacked by a crocodile, 
I will host you a very nice funeral because I am not going anywhere near a crocodile. That is, oh my God. Higher than some industrial pressure washers. You bitches know how harsh a pressure washer is in, to make matters worse, industrial. Now, I've never used an industrial pressure washer, but I can imagine that my little Home Depot pressure washer is, you know, doing some damage to my concrete, but industrial? So, now we know. Because crocodiles are in mainly, hang on, before I finish that sentence, I'm going to say something, or I need to... No, wait a minute. The American alligator, which is scientifically known as alligator Mississippipicinus. I'm going to copy this word and I'm going to have Google say it. Um, translate. Um, oh, wait. Okay. Mississippiensis. Alligator Mississippiensis. Now, okay. Okay, so crocodiles, are they found in South Florida? All I know from this conversation is that I would not want to be in the same room as a crocodile. That's the consensus of this. On more important terms, Taylor Swift has kicked off her Eras tour. Now, for those of you who have been listening or know me personally or both, you know that I am a Swifty at heart. I would fight a crocodile for Taylor Swift, and that goes without saying. Um, She started off in Glendale, Arizona, which is pretty, uh, I don't know if she did this on purpose, but like Arizona, era, Arizona, just a little pun for you for your morning. Um, Glendale changed its name legally for like two days to Swift City. Like in there were in the airport when people were going to the airport, it didn't say Glendale, Arizona. It said Swift City, Arizona. So talk about power. Um, in one night, because there was two, it was a two night, there was night one and night two, had 69,213 attendees in in one night, and they were both sold out, so night one had that many and night two, so that's 138,426 people just in two nights. I don't think I can actually visualize how many people that is. However, I will put it into perspective that the Super Bowl didn't even have as many people as that. The Super Bowl had like 67,000 something people and she had 69,213 people in that stadium. And I want to say that these stadiums are holding her back because you want to know what? I think that if there were no capacity, um like limitations you know like you can only fit so many people in a stadium I think that if even if she were in a stadium of a hundred thousand like it could fit a hundred thousand people I think that it could get sold out without a doubt you bitches hear about the Ticketmaster thing you had to have now if you haven't let me explain 
many moons ago, a couple months ago, she did a uh, pre-sale for the tickets for her tour that she is now on. I don't know if I ever talked about this on the pod, but basically it was through Ticketmaster. Ticketmaster fucked up because they're a monopoly and they hate everyone. Um, I waited in a virtual line, which I got a pre, I got a little code that they gave me a couple days beforehand so I could go in there and wait in line and I wouldn't like, I wouldn't get stuck with bots or whatever the fuck. I waited in that virtual line for four hours, at least four hours, I think. I skipped all my classes um, because I didn't think it was going to take that long. And I went to my first class and I was trying to get tickets during class because that's when it started. And I wanted to get tickets. Um, and whenever I finally got in, it was like they were it was they said there were tickets. But when I clicked on it, I went to go check out. And I'm talking these receipts like in the nosebleeds. It was like, oh, sold out. I'm like, there's no way. So after all of that, the impact she has is incredible because it was such a fucking disaster that it caught the attention of like politicians and they're like this is unacceptable like all of the fees and the monopolization that Ticketmaster has is like just like unacceptable and it I don't know if it went to the Supreme Court but it went to some court of like having to figure out these fees because you think about it even with like um, airplanes and stuff, all of these like hidden fees. You pay for a seventy dollar ticket, but your total ends up coming out as like two fifty because of all the fucking fees. It it'll be like you'll try and get a concert ticket, and it's like okay, yeah, your ticket is going to be fifty dollars, but here is a twenty five dollar fee for processing, a fifteen dollar fee for um your time, a fifty dollar fee for uh, going on our website, a $80 fee for buying the ticket. It's just like in it was insane, okay? Um but back to the actual tour. She played 44 songs. 44 songs. 44 songs in 3 hours with basically no breaks. Like she was singing for 3 hours straight. Dancing, choreo chor- just good god. And here's the thing. She's going to have to do that for like a couple of months. At least like six months in the U.S. Now, she hasn't been on tour in like five years. So, she's had her fair share of rest in terms of touring, in terms of recording. No bueno, but she apparently loves it. And I just can't imagine that, like how physically, how much it takes out of you physically to play and dance and sing and entertain for three hours straight I mean come on and um the outfits good god here's the thing she how many more times can I say here's the thing but truly here's the thing um some of the outfits were kind of a little head nod to previous outfits from her uh old tours and and eras and whatnot and it's like that's the whole thing it's like the eras tour she opens up um with cruel summer and miss americana and the heartbreak prince and she goes era at a time she she starts with lover and then i think goes to fearless and then i think evermore and then maybe uh, reputation so it's like each at a time and then she'll do two surprise songs from like whatever era however 
um the was it yesterday or the day before she had i think it was on saturday so two days ago she played for night two in glendale and she didn't play any songs from her first album so is that an eras tour no it is a fearless through midnight's tour is what it is got a lot to say about that that i won't talk about a little pissed about it um and so basically she's going to be singing these surprise songs like either on the piano or on the guitar where it's just like her and the instrument which she's done before and she's her discography is large enough where she can sing like one or two surprise songs at every show and never repeat one of them so i that's pretty fucking insane um and if i if my show in pittsburgh doesn't get cowboy like me I'm going to riot and whatever show does get cowboy like me watch out because I'm coming the moment she plays that live um dude 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 it'll be insane she also played Tim McGraw on the fucking piano her first song ever I don't think she's played that live in years so yeah that's going to be insane. And I am very curious to see if she um, does any, like, guest stars, like, in the past where she'll, like, bring celebrities and they'll perform together. I don't probably, probably not because she's already playing 44 songs, but who fucking knows? Um, all I know is that the opening night I was laying in my childhood room bed at until like three in the morning just refreshing my twitter every five seconds because everyone was like uploading videos and i was so confused because it wasn't uploading fast enough and people were like oh my god she's singing da, 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 da. and i'm like well i want to see it i want to hear it and then people were live streaming on tiktok and instagram and it was just let me tell you i felt like i was there because everyone was just uploading a bunch of shit and it was awesome uh she did only play one song from speak now though and I am a little hurt about it. Yeah, I am. Um, she only played Enchanted. And we're all a little pissed about it. But um, Miss Swift, I guess, knows what she's doing. She'll never disappoint. Uh, regardless, but whatever. Um, I'm also wearing my little uh, folklore cardigan. So, that felt very fitting to wear that today. If I'm going to be discussing the one and only tour um and so yeah another thing that I wanted a little touch on real quick I um saw this video of the Jonas Brothers which they're back apparently they have a new uh new album coming out I think called the the album I don't know but before I get into what the video that I saw I will say I've, I've, I've never been a huge Jonas Brother girl, which I feel like most people don't, we don't talk about it enough. And maybe I am just the odd one out. I don't know. But I, I listened to them, but I wasn't like a diehard Joe Bro girl. I was a Hunger Games, Peter Malark, One Direction, and Taylor Swift girl. Um, but this video that I saw was of Joe Jonas, like the band singing, uh, their song called Much Better. And a little background, Joe Jonas and Taylor Swift used to date. And um, they had, like, a falling out. He, like, broke up with her. 
um, over the phone in a voicemail, just like dumb shit from whenever they were younger. And in the song, Much Better, which I didn't know existed, um, at the time when he wrote it, it says, now I'm done with superstars and the teardrops on her guitar. Now, if you don't know, Taylor Swift has a song called Teardrops on My Guitar. And so, obviously, everyone knew that this song was about her. And, but now they're, like, besties because um, his wife, Sophie Turner, is, like, a huge Swifty. And they've just probably grown up about it and, you know, they're not, like, bitching about it anymore. Um, And when he was performing it, he said, cool with superstars instead of done with superstars. So he changed it to, now I'm cool with superstars and the teardrops on her guitar. And I think that's a beautiful thing. That's called growth. And one day I hope I can um, be that way with my exes. But as of right now, I'm still in my I'm done with superstars era. Uh, And furthermore... I also saw another video about Taylor Lautner's new wife, whose name is now also Taylor Lautner. And that's not the first Taylor that he's dated because he also dated Taylor Swift, which there's something weird going on there. Um, she posted like a TikTok of um, her. It's that sound where it's like something. Uh, oh. Let me take you right. I gotta see her. And the caption was like, when you find out you're not the only Taylor that he's dated. And I just wanted to point that out because um, I find that very odd that, you know, he kind of has a thing for people name with his, his same name. But go off, I guess. Um, but they're also cool, too. So, like, he, I think he was on an interview kind of recently and was like, you know saying really really nice things about taylor swift and it was just it was a beautiful thing to see and you don't want to know what i'm gonna end with that so moral of the story moral of today's podcast gambling and march madness are very similar borderline the same can be the same um i will not ever fight a crocodile but drunkenly fight a alligator and Taylor Swift is breaking records every day. Also, side note, I forgot to mention this. Her show is now the most attended female concert in history. The previous was Madonna. So, we're already off on a bang. So, yeah. Thanks for listening today, guys. I hope you enjoyed my just absolute rambling of... Uh, of an episode there were there were just some things that I wanted to talk about get your little noggins thinking about um and if you haven't listened to any of Taylor Swift's new music please do so if you care about me at all I will fight a crocodile for her though I'll fight a crocodile for Taylor Swift I will and with that I say thank you for listening Make sure you follow the pod on Instagram and argue with the wall, but the width is a W. And subscribe to the YouTube channel uh, if you feel like it. You can also follow the pod on wherever you're listening and get notified whenever I upload, which is every Wednesday. Uh. And I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye!